Welcome back to a new episode of Goth Girl Horror, the official hack slash podcast dedicated to the characters created by Tim Seeley as part of the Radio of Horror Network. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Serena. And we are today covering issue number five of the, no, four, four, five, 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 five <laughs> of the ongoing of Hack Slash. I came off of Necronomicon, Boston Comic Con, since the last time we probably recorded. What have you done the last couple weeks, Serena? Uh, I drove across the country and then I flew back. <laughs> Sounds exciting. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little, just a little bit. I picked up a mess of comic books because I was like behind by two weeks on my local shop, and they had to send me an email saying, uh, "We know you come in here all the time, but just let you know your box is full." And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's gonna be every single goddamn absolute carnage tie-in." Yep. And I think sh- in the past like two weeks, there's been at least ten. Oh, it's ridiculous. On top of regular it books, is. like it's a lot. Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, and um, uh, by the way, the the ending to Spider-Man Life Story. Holy cow! amazing, no pun intended, ending to that story. If you want a non-Carnage-related book, which they're all pretty good, by the way, the tie-ins for Absolute Carnage have been good. They've been great, Mm -hmm. sickening reads sometimes. Like the one with the kid and his family. Oh, my God. Pick up Friendly Neighborhood number 11. Mary Jane's the focus of the story, and she has to fight a troll left over from the War of the Realm story. She has a cute little team-up with Miles Morales. Very interesting. Yeah, she's on the cover pulling on the mask with Spider-Man, which is kind of an homage to an old annual of Spider-Man where she is ripping open her shirt and she's got the Spider-Man costume underneath, very much like Superman. Very cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Would you like to share with the listening audience what happened on Twitter recently? (laughs) Because I think it's kind of funny, (laughs) even though it's directed at me. Basically, you got told by Donnie Case to shut the fuck up and stop worrying about the timelines, dude. <laughs> yeah. Stop being so particular. Just go with the flow. <laughs> but we do have some great news to announce. Uh, what's coming up in December? A little ways off, but pretty cool. We have another Tim Seeley series. The Crow, Hark the Herald. I'm so excited. And what's going to happen to promote that issue? Ah, Tim's going to be back on the show. Tim's going to be back on the show. Do you think we can possibly convince him to do a Yuletide reading of that short story from the trade paperback? Possibly. That would be fun. Yeah. That will also be the episode, because that's a short, and that's like really short too. We're also going to be discussing uh, and reviewing the trailer episodes, which are all filled with shorts. So, and it will be done the same way Tim came out last time. We'll go through all the stories, you know, just like a sentence, like, describing them. And then just ask Tim about, you know, what was the idea behind trailers, why he did it, are they in continuity, has anything ever surfaced that maybe we've missed? Mm-hmm. Things like that. And then we'll be back to our regular scheduled episode for the new year, so. And now Serena has the plot synopsis for us for issue number five of Hack Slash Ongoing. Issue number five of the ongoing series is titled Love Stories. Published by Devil's Due Press in September 2007, Love Stories was written by Tim Seeley with art by Emily Stone, colors by Courtney Villa, and letters by Brian J. Crowley. In 1989, a kid is pretended to be sick in order to stay home and read his dad's noon magazines at falling in love with Miss November, Emily Christie. Two weeks ago in Eminence, Indiana, Lisa and Chris are just returning from their meeting with Chucky. They mistake a raccoon for an intruder, which leads to kissing, among other things. Near Kansas City, Missouri, Cassie and Vlad are trying to sleep in the van, but the rain is causing Vlad to have breathing problems. 
He has sensitive lungs. It's partially why he wears the mask. He's had respiratory infections since he was a child. Kathy decides to pawn some items to get money for a hotel. One month ago at the Crane Institute, a group of doctors are discussing the discovery of a live one from the Pseudotech incident in Minnesota. David, one of the doctors, is the boy from the beginning of the issue who fell in love with Miss Christie. Back in Eminence, Lisa and Chris are discussing their relationship when Lisa's ex, Kyle, interrupts being a total dick. At the pawn shop, Kathy isn't having much luck, with the pawn owner saying she can only get $25 for her wares. At the Crane Institute, it is being revealed that Miss Christie's cells are unique. The doctors are hoping she's the key to creating revenants. David seems to have other plans. In Eminence, Kyle waits for Chris and Lisa outside and attacks Chris. A police officer interrupts, and Chris and Lisa head back to her place. In a flashback, we see an officer handing, a, handing Cassie a wedding band. Present day, we see her take that ring to the pawn shop. At the Crane Institute, David is caught with his pants down, exhibiting some unprofessional behavior with Miss Christie. In Missouri, Cassie watches as Vlad sleeps comfortably in a hotel room. She falls asleep smiling. At the Crane Institute, David sneaks in to see Miss Christie. He tells her that her cells regenerate when exposed to living tissue. David is so in love with her, he decides to split his hand open and bleed onto Miss Christie. She regenerates but kills him in the process, thanking him for his sacrifice before declaring, I love you, David. Your ideal, the dream of a million girls who are more than pretty, can come true in Atlantic City. For she may turn out to be the queen of femininity. There she is, Miss America. I wasn't sure if that song would be more appropriate, or I wish they all could be, uh, or sorry, Calendar Girls. What's that song, Calendar <laughs> Girls? Because this is Miss America, the villain, right? Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, so going on. Yeah. All right, so we got... I got a red, I got the cover that I dissed last issue because again I didn't like the cover with Vlad holding over a serial killer Red Riding Hood with a decapitated granny's head in the box. This is clearly not Cassie because that's Vlad above her. Um, and then the other cover, which is actually in the issue, which is shocking enough, is the model Sandra Camerer. Yeah. As I guess the Miss America. Tips yeah, from Miss America, Emily so. Christie. So I guess she's supposed to be representing her, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That's the cover I have. The one with the girl. Yes. Okay, what do we know about this uh, beautiful model? She's a, She was in a few of the other issues. Episode, or uh, from the first Omnibus. I can't remember which one, but I know she was in a few of those. Okay, not a lot of information. I think I remember the last time we talked about this. Not a lot of information comes up about her. Mm-mm. And I think uh, Tim actually told me online that he, she kind of dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> it happens. Okay. We still have her on our covers, though. Yes, definitely. Cassie Hack in Love Stories, which is an unusual title because I get that this guy, this kid, that the He-Man, Godzilla, uh, Cringer, Voltron mm-hmm. in the background, i got to point out, by the way, which, hey... Speaking of He-Man, why does He-Man connect to Hackslash? Tim Seeley wrote He-Man. Also, what was just announced at PowerCon? Masters of the Universe with showrunner Kevin Smith. 
Ooh. Who apparently is a huge He-Man fan. He grew up on He-Man. Like, he grew up on the cartoons mostly because he was uh, ah. getting a little too old to play with the toys, but he loved the cartoons growing up and has ah. deep knowledge about Masters of the Universe. And he is going to be the showrunner for this new He-Man cartoon coming. Cool. Which is going to give the original 80s cartoon a definitive ending, they said. So, And it's going to be done by Madhouse Studios, who does the animation for a little cartoon on Netflix called Castlevania. Oh, I kind of started watching that one. Love it. Love it. Castlevania is my favorite video game series of all time. So uh, the one thing I really want to point out right from the beginning, this is a Cassie-Vlad-less issue, other than Cassie trying to help Vlad with his uh, breathing. Yes, but, well, I mean, I don't think it's a Cassie-Vlad-less issue. I see it as three different stories. Cassie and Vlad are one. They're a love story. Chris and Lisa is another, and then the uh-huh. guy and his obsession with uh, the serial killer. Uh, Miss Christie, yeah, he's in love with her. Yeah, um, I don't know. It just it feels like Cassie and Vlad had little to do with the issue. The one thing I don't understand though is sleep apnea machines. They they were around in two thousand seven. <laughs> yes, they were. I mean, Cassie is not against stealing. No. She could break into a pharmacy and steal a sleep apnea machine. Or what's the thing called that their parents use to blow out the mist when we're sick? Uh, like a humidifier? Right. Wouldn't a humidifier also help Vlad? I have no idea. Probably. See, I fail at this one. Mm. I thought it was odd that um, we randomly get Chris and Lisa's origins love story. Because, like, we didn't get that before. It just kind of, like, we had met them separately and then all of a sudden... They were together, and then, like, here's their love story. I don't know. This is a very random issue. Yeah, this was a little weird issue. Uh, what did you think of the uh, Emily Christie, Miss Christie, Miss November uh, centerfold that pops right up? I love that it was Miss November because my birthday's in November. But but they definitely uh, boobs galore. <laughs> yeah, those are, yeah, they don't look like that anymore. I mean, a little bit. Maybe. Okay, so does this happen before or after the events of the last few issues? The, see, the Emily Christie part, after, I would say. Well, it says, let's see. Two weeks later. Yeah, well, and they don't Chris mention, and Lisa were two weeks ago. Right, but they don't mention, but, okay. But the Crane Institute stuff was one month ago. Okay, but they're also saying this happens right after what happened in uh, Hackslash versus Chucky, We've had a few adventures in between them. Yeah, Chris and Lisa's bit happens right after Chucky. Because Chris says, yeah, getting kidnapped by a mummy-wrapped schoolgirl okay. in New Orleans right. helps so, bring things into perspective. Okay, so okay, so we have we have then now, which is where Missouri, they're in Missouri, where yeah. Cassie's trying to take care of Vlad. Um, yeah. It is funny that she tries to trade in the chainsaw covered in blood. It kind of reminds <laughs> me of people who put fake chainsaws on, uh, sorry, fake blood on chainsaws, and then have like Gunnar Hansen or Toby Hooper, God rest their souls, you know, sign them. Yeah. Okay, so the Crane Institute is what we were at last week with the creepy yes. foaming of the mouth, big-breasted dead creature. Yes, at the end of last issue, Miss Christie was the one who she, when they were like slice hard. Is that the one? Slice hard when we saw Miss Christie at the pseudotech, and she, I wasn't exactly sure if she had died or not when she had given herself the, like, revenant juice. Uh-huh. This, they're discussing that they're pretty sure she was still alive, and that's why she's a little bit different. Right, okay. Than their other revenants. Gotcha, gotcha. Good yeah. callback to the very first issue as well. Yes, with Lisa's ex, Kyle. Yes, 
Hypno does good with his continuity. I've noticed that, and even in his runs on DC titles like Nightwing. Because huh. he was, um, and they are currently using a lot of Tim stuff right now in the ongoing event uh, Leviathan, which is happening in the uh, Superman titles. Oh, cool. Yeah, so good good callback to that. Um, I love how the guy she's trying to sell the guns to has a hat that says Damn Seagulls, and it looks like there's bird poop on it. Right? <laughs> That is kind of crazy. Also, Cassie is at her most human when she's not being a bloodthirsty butcher of very killers. Very true. Very true. I thought this was such a very sweet look at Cassie. Like, when she's falling asleep to Vlad breathing, like, she was happy. She likes taking care of him. I don't know. I thought it was so sweet. It is. It I, I think it's good extremely good-natured of her. Uh, if you're currently reading Hack Slash The Crow, I think she's a little psychotic right now in that story. <laughs> It's been a while. She's been through some things between now and then. Yeah, resurrection of her best friend, being split open during an autopsy, having to fight a yeah. bunch of chaos demons from a defunct company. <laughs> it's, she's had a few bad days. Okay, so hanging on the wall to the right of Cassie talking to the uh, shop owner is a Raggedy Ann doll. Do you think that's a wink, wink, nod, nod to uh, the Annabelle doll, which at, if if you know your history of real-life horror... The Annabelle case mm-hmm. happened back in the 70s, long before there was a movie with the Warrens in The Conjuring. Yeah. Do you think that's supposed to be like a Tim Seeley knowing a little bit about his true life horror? Oh, of course. I would never take something as odd as that just to be random. Black scientist who works in the lab at the Crane Institute? Always going to remind mm-hmm. me of, if you know your comic book history, Baxter Stockman of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe is an African-American scientist. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's actually now running for mayor of New York in the current ongoing Turtle book. And his uh, campaign manager is April. Oh, okay. Well, that does sound interesting. Better to have the devil you know in power, right? Very true. Yes. And yes, they are not unaware of Baxter's, like, shenanigans. (laughs) Ah. Yeah. Who is the decapitated head in the fridge? I wasn't entirely sure. Like, it doesn't look entirely familiar to me. Like, I don't think we've come across any villains that look like that. True, true, true. Cassie held on to her mother's wedding ring? Yeah. Okay, is that going to be, do you think that's a little foreshadowing to what's to come in the reanimator story arc? Possibly. But I think it was also, like, I feel like it's such a random thing for her to, like, hang on to. But at the same time, I could imagine her hanging on to something like that just because. But at the same time, her giving that up just for Vlad is very... It's a big thing. Yeah, she does love him, even though it's maybe a different love than he has for her, which we do know that to be true. He has a different love for her her than she does for him. I do like the fact that the black scientist's name is Dr. White. <laughs> is it? I wasn't paying attention yep. to his name. Oh, it is. When the scene where he catches him. What do you think he was doing? Jerking off or trying to make it look like her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know. I mean... I hadn't really paid attention to that panel until I was writing the synopsis for this episode, and I was like, oh my, his pants are down. Ah, uh, yeah. And then that panel of just shit. <laughs> so she's got what, like, uh, what is it, IV in her breast? And one yeah. in her wrist? Is that unusual? Yeah. Do you put IVs in the, the boob? <laughs> well, in the chest, there is, like, an aorta or a vein or something big in there that goes straight to the heart. Interesting. Okay, so when she comes back to life, we're kind of like going through these pretty quickly because there's not a lot of action with Cassie and Vlad. It's mostly the scientist no. stuff. It, it, the main part of the story is the scientist stuff. 
So yeah. she comes back, and she's very much like Frank from Hellraiser. Yeah, and she kind of looks like the guy, David. David? At least I thought she did. At the very last panel, when she's like, after she's, Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I feel like she kind of looks like him. She looks like a dude, yeah. I mean, even though she's still got breasts. And maybe it's because yeah. her hair's growing back and it's short. That's why she looks very manly-ish. Maybe. Yeah. But I just thought she looked a lot like the guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, this is going to be a setup for not the next issue, right? It's like the next one after that, I think? I think so, yeah. Okay, because the next one's the Archie issue, which we're yeah. both excited for. I just picked up... Uh, Betty, Veronica, the uh, Vampirella, Red Sonia 2 and 3, finally. Red Sonia and Vampirella versus Betty and Veronica. Yeah, it's a mouthful. I like it. I really like the story. I think it's super cool. In the letter page of this issue, they acknowledge (laughs) that the last issue was a reprint of a previous letter page by accident. Yeah, we did talk about that. Okay. Last issue concluded our heavy metal epic. Ready to have your fucking mind blown? Go here. MySpace.com. Ash and Wash Band. Hey, that was the music that we played courtesy of uh, Jeff from Hack Slash Inc. MySpace. God, that dates it. Just a little bit. Cassie's Porn. Isaac Stack from Cassie Hackensack asked Cassie to dance. She was shy at first and then said thanks. So young Isaac regarded her ass pants. Later out back when young Isaac Stack kissed sweet Cassie. Is this poetry? I don't know. You know what I'm reading, right? Yeah, I'm reading it. Uh, It's not great. (laughs) (laughs) But when Isaac's hand crept up her dress, she hacked and she slashed and she slashed and she hacked until she spattered her prom night red. (laughs) It's poetry. So Tim, Frost. Tim's got a yeah right. Tim's got a little thing in here that uh, he says that Jack Frost Two was actually the first movie I rented for the attendees of my Wednesday night bad movie party. God, I would love to have oh. attended that. I like Jack Frost. Did you see Jack Frost Two though? I don't think I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's not great. I think Bruce Campbell replaces the voice of Jack Frost in that movie. Oh gosh. Yeah. Interesting. I do remember how, uh, what's her name from American Pie and 13 Ghosts gets killed? Shannon Elizabeth? Yes, who was also going to be in oh. Jay and Silent Bob Redo. Yeah, oh, she was in the first Jack Frost movie. Right, she gets killed by Jack Frost, like, in the yeah. tub while she's naked. You yes, could I never get away with that kill today. Not in this very hashtag me too, everything offends me kind of. No, uh, not really. No. I know that, I actually know that kill very well because, like, my kid found the movie on Amazon Prime, and he kept rewinding that part. So I'm pretty sure Shannon Elizabeth was is his first crush. Yes, but she is not nude in that scene. No, but she's nude enough for a six-year-old. He right, like right. Ten times, I'm like, okay, kid. She got all her nudity out of the way in uh, American Pie. Very true. Yeah, but I'm glad, I'm glad she's enough. coming back for Jay inside of Bob Redo. Yeah. Uh, with her daughter being played by Harley Quinn Smith. Oh, really? Yeah, that's supposed to be her love child with Jay, and it's Kevin Smith's real-life daughter. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, because, like, the black girl shows up, and she's like, uh, I want a DNA test. And she's (laughs) like, no, not that one. Her. (laughs) Oh, okay. And she's, like, some, like, super, uh, everything offends me, vegan, feminist. Oh, Lordy. (laughs) 
That's going to be funny. Everything that Jay is not. <laughs> oh, this is going to be funny. Oh, my God. I can't wait. All the ads in this comic yeah. we've seen before. The back, issue, back page of the comic book says maybe one of the best titles of the year, especially in terms of the horror genre. 4.5 out of 5. It's got Cassie blood smeared on her face. Again, I don't have that cover, but I know that is the trade paperback cover, right? Yes, it is. Cool. Um, and then it yes. says also look for the Hack Slash Friday the 31st. I like this like rendition of Cassie's uh, skirt and panties or whatever with the black, the black and orange stripes. Oh, the Halloween, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. That's it for yeah, the issue. Very kind of, uh, you know, kind of just setting stuff up. Yeah, this is a very quick, short issue. I think Cassie and Vlad appear on maybe one, two... Three, four pages. They only appear on four pages. Yeah, it really did feel like just a filler issue. Yeah, maybe the setup for um, the next big story arc, which comes out after uh, the, 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 the the Archie issue, which is next. Oh, whatever. But it was a nice break since we just got off of Shout at the Devil. Right. And once again on the cover, it says, slated to be a major motion picture from Rogue Pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure it is. Um, I can't think of a lot of movies that this compares to. I mean, we make the reference to Hellraiser, but we'll do that every single time. There is a Mm -hmm. movie called Project Vampires, which I've never seen, but I remember the box art has, like, women strapped in, like Miss America, with the bars Mm -hmm. covering the boobs and the bottom parts, and they're, like, experiments coming out of tubes... Yeah. I mean, reanimated corpses coming out of tubes is like a trope of every horror movie. Resident Evil, much. you know, that's Pretty always much. a big thing there. There was an episode of Black Lightning last season where a bunch of kids who were all doped up on the drugs that gave them superpowers all have to be, like, cryogenically frozen until they can be cured. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't gotten much further. I'm only in episode three of season two of Black Lightning, but yeah, that's a thing. Um oh, okay, then. Uh, the cover again still kind of bothers me. I don't. I just don't like that cover because it makes it has nothing to do with any of the stories. No, it just whatsoever. Makes, and I don't think we we ever get a little Ride Riding Hood style yeah. super, serial killer slasher. Yeah, so. it's very much. What the heck is that? Okay. I did see Ready or Not. Did you see that? No, I want to see it so bad. I'm probably going to see it when I get back to Illinois. I saw it. Uh, yeah, I saw it this week. I liked it a lot. Oh. A lot of fun. Oh, and I'm then excited be- for that one. By the time this episode comes out, it Chapter 2 will be in theaters. Nah. Oh, what? <laughs> I've never been into, like, I didn't, I saw the original It, and I didn't think that one was scary, so I don't know. Clowns just don't scare me. I don't get it. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems silly to me. I don't know. I didn't find the first one scary at all. I liked Tim Curry, though. I'll see it eventually. Well, that's pretty much all the notes I have for the episode and everything else. It was kind of a quick issue, so uh, you Very can much. check us out on our Twitter at... I'm Mad But Magic. And at Chris DSAP and at GothGirlHorror. You can also send us an email at ThatRadioHorror at gmail.com. You can uh, find me on Facebook on Radio Horror, Dr. Chris Radio Horror Show as well, every Sunday night. We'll be back in two weeks with the next episode of Goth Girl Horror. Thanks to you, everybody. Bye. It's midnight. Fetid swamps to creepy castles, the podcasting hour is your home for horror on the Fire and Water Network. Join me, PJ Frightful, on this quarterly anthology podcast that gazes into the mysterious and terrifying shadows of DC Comics. 
the moon is full and the bell tolls for midnight, the podcasting hour. Let the villains know that they're in for a fight. Ah! 